13 minutes past six, there's always something on the go. And this time, I see the e-hailing services have come out of the spotlight. So yesterday, I was driving to the office after work here. Yeah. And uh, I, I noticed there was some horrible traffic on Jan Smuts Avenue in the northern parts of Johannesburg. And it turns out that it was just one of the areas in which the e-hailing service drivers, the Bolts and the Ubers of this world, yeah. were protesting. And that's pretty much what happened yesterday in certain parts. And what are the issues? Well, they're saying, for example, that they don't like the idea of these non or never-ending promotions that we get as riders. Yeah. Which, in the end, force them to transport customers for free. But there's also issues around safety, which we have been well aware of, the constant clashes between them and, for example, the meter cab drivers, and also just other criminals who are always, you know, for some reason, using Ubers to commit crimes, if not in them or against them. And then, of course, uh, a number of other issues. But do they legitimize what we saw yesterday in the protests and how that went down? And what are the most important issues? Well... Let's uh, take uh, a moment to look at some perspective here. We're joined on the line by uh, Batuka Mbelengwa, who is the spokesperson from e-hailing operators. Good morning. Good morning, Mo. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Am I correct in the issues that I've mentioned, or am I missing something? You're absolutely correct. But, Mo, just to correctly characterize yesterday, mm. I, I think it's best to say it's, 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 a, it's a frustration, it's an explosion, it's an eruption, because drivers... Uh, the frustration within drivers is building up to a point whereby it, it must be released somewhere somehow. Why is this frustration not being released to the <laughs> the owners, the operators, the apps um, that you guys are a part of? Well, the app companies haven't created an engagement platform mm. where our drivers can express their grievances. And the app company's position is simply that they're a tech company that connects drivers with riders. And they use that position to abdicate taking any responsibility, whether it's safety matters. And more importantly, they also they single-handedly take decisions on pricing, and they don't consult with drivers on pricing, which then leaves us in an awkward situation because we fund the entire process from purchasing the vehicle to making sure there's fuel in the vehicle. And the individual himself needs to make sure he can take care of his family. And I mean, I'm all for value for riders. In other words, if I request an Uber and I'm told that I'm getting this ride for free, I mean, I love that. But are you then saying that drivers are not necessarily aware of how this all comes together? So how it essentially breaks down once you then get the ride for free is that somewhere, somehow, we have to subsidize that ride. Hmm. And Especially on the BART platform. BART hmm. doesn't subsidize the driver for whatever promo they want to run as a company. So they were running a zero-zero promotion for new riders. People were getting into long trips, and at the end of the trip, the bill says zero rand, and the app company is not reimbursing the drivers for that. Drivers have to subsidize that trip. And as it is, we're already not making any money. Hmm. We haven't had a price increase in five years, um, and Bolt went on to reduce the price to six rand a kilometer. Matoka, so, uh, yes. um, I've heard from a number of drivers ah. that... It seems like these apps don't consider drivers at all, especially now when it comes to the number of vehicles that are registered on the app because it makes it causes a lot of saturation and therefore the return to the driver or the partner is very little. Um, is that also something that has been frustrating uh, drivers? Yes, and this is a historical problem, right? We've mentioned in the past that we need influx control within this industry 
that will control how many vehicles are allowed on the platform. I think this should be dictated by the growth of the industry or the demand of the vehicles. Mm. So as it stands, the vehicles that are available on these platforms exceed the demand. Mm. But I think Mm. the biggest neglect is coming from government. You know, we've got a president that has called for us to engage within the fourth industrial revolution. And there's a lesson to be learned from the e-healing industry on the role of the ordinary man within this industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. And, and as it stands, if we continue to this path, this revolution will find the ordinary man being excluded, being exploited even further, instead of being empowered. And the issues of safety, um, do you feel that you are protected? Mm, not at all. I think, you know, when it comes to safety, everybody deserves safety, whether it's the rider or the driver. We need to make sure everybody's safe. Um, Uber, Uber issued a report that in the 2018 year, over 3,000 women were sexually assaulted in vehicles, and over 9, 000, nine murders have happened. These are facts that aren't really readily available to the public. Most people don't know that it's happening to such terrible levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so, we, yeah. we, we, we need to do several things here. We need to increase, we need to do rider vetting. So all the criminal elements that are getting into vehicles is because the people setting up profiles aren't correctly vetted. Mm -hmm. Now in South Africa, we've got the Poppy Act, the Protection of Personal Information Act, which companies need to be complicit with when they're going to then correctly capture who the rider's details are. And we find that the app companies don't want to incur this cost. Mm. So So so, they rather not... Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm going to jump in just for time's sake, what what would you like to see happen going forward? I mean, where to from here? There's a bit of a standoff between yourselves and the um, e-hailing companies, as it were. Where to from here? I think we really need to get serious about this dialogue. Um, we're looking at over within the housing economy only. We're sitting on over four billion in vehicles and assets and skills to make sure these services are available. We are contributing more to the fiscus within housing than agriculture is. Government needs to get serious about this conversation with us. Figile Mbalula has said that he wants to move to regulate. How is he regulating if he's not talking to us as operators on the ground? Mm. I think the, the, the starts here, South Africa as a country, needs to take a position and they need to regulate to protect its own people because more and more com- com- companies are coming into the country and we need to dictate the terms. There we go. We'll leave it there. Vatuga Mbelengwa, the spokesperson for e-hailing operators, saying, well, yes... We need to regulate the space and that they have legitimate concerns. I mean, how do you relate to this discussion that we've just had with regards to the Ubers and the Bolts and, you know, the various e-hailing services? And, uh, you know, what sort of um, connection do you have with uh, the experience, the platforms or just uh, the space in general? I just feel like e-hailing services drivers really, um, for me, if they expect government to engage them at some level, they might have to wait a while. I mean, I remember when um, Uber first came to South Africa and how minimum minimal engagement was had with meter taxi drivers and how Uber coming in was not quite regulated. So mm-hmm. I also feel like starting a process when it's already happened and incurred so many problems, it's going to be a lot of work. Well, that is what's making news. If you have thoughts, you can share with us right now.